Hi, everyone. You're listening to Law School in Brief with Lydia and Megan. And we're recording on a Saturday, which is so crazy. This is usually when I'm reading, but it's my spring break. Well, I don't have that same. (laughs) I'm not in the same boat. I actually uh, am studying for finals, so I don't really have reading per se, uh, Mm. which is why I'm able to do this on a Saturday. And it is like a a nice brain break. I think I need that. Do you get spring break soon? Yes, yes. Right after, like between trimesters? Yeah, so my spring break uh, begins right after my contracts final on the 19th and goes until the 30th, so. Oh! Yeah. Wait, that's more than a week. That's more than I get. I'm feeling a little jealousy (laughs) springing up, (laughs) so let me just call that. (laughs) It's not, I mean, it's it's really like six, quote-unquote, work days, Um, so, and then I'm counting the weekends. Two weekends, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Are you going anywhere? I'm not going anywhere. I'm, just... I'm not. No, no. But yeah. the people are coming to me. I actually oh. have many visitors. Um, oh. You may remember my reasonable Aunt Kathy, right? Yes. Hey, Kathy. You hey, Kathy. <laughs> What's up? She's coming to visit with my Uncle Dave uh, for a day. And then the next day, my friend Brian from L.A. is coming. Mm. And he's staying for like five days. And then a few days after that, my friend Sarah comes. And so we're all going to go to Asheville and Charlotte. It's going to be a good time. You're going to go to Charlotte? Yeah, because we're doing that half marathon for better or for oh, worse. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> wow, you'll yeah. see. You'll actually see Charlotte if you're doing, if you're running it. I, I am running Charlotte. Yeah. Again, <laughs> for better or for worse. I have not run in weeks at this point. So. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, between... So Adam and I had signed up to do this together and then he got injured and then I got stupid sick for, honestly, I'm still a little sick. (laughs) Yeah. Are you you feeling mostly better? I'm feeling mostly better. Yeah. Um, But still not a hundred percent. So he and I have not been running. um, So we're just, we're trying to tap into our uh, latent athleticism (laughs) and see if we can (laughs) muscle through it. It's gonna be fine. We're gonna be yeah. fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, shout out to Rachel, my friend in Boston, who listened to us on her run last week, and then sent me a little text. Someone listens to us when they run. Yeah, aren't you? Are you honored like beyond belief? Or are you yeah. just like, how do you do that? Oh my I, god! I, I, I don't know how people listen to stuff that's not music, but neither do I. Neither do I. I when I run, I just listen to the Rocky theme song on repeat. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> what we could do is like maybe put a have a remix episode where it's like uh, there's a beat and we just pull out the best quotes from the show. Oh my auto tuning, lost yeah. and brave. Yes, <gasps> <laughs> that would be so much fun. Do you know how this to auto tune? Oh, I can figure it out on the internet easily. Easily. Yeah. If, if anybody knows how to auto tune, please write in. <laughs> Because <laughs> yeah. this is happening. This is going down. Yes. Um, speaking of, uh, this is actually a horrible transition. I don't know why I'm trying to do it. Uh, we have a Twitter now. <gasps> oh, my gosh. I don't know how you have time to make a Twitter. It's quite You're easy. amazing. It's quite easy. Um, you just sign up <laughs> and you make a handle. So if you have a Twitter and you want to follow us on Twitter, we are at Law School 
N brief. There, you, I, I could, I didn't have enough characters to add the I for in, so it's law school N brief. Um, and we have three posts up so far, and one of them is some pretty A plus content, uh, which is conflating Love Is Blind with law school. So it's called Love's Blind. Oh my gosh, is it the meme from it's the, the meme. meme page? It's the meme, and that I have to give so Brittany good. a shout out for that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. good. Whoever made that. Do we know who made that? I, I don't know. I'll, we'll have to ask Brittany. Okay. Maybe she made it. Maybe she has a lot of time on her. I don't know. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. So yeah, give us a follow because so far we have a zero followers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a Twitter, but I'll make several so that they can follow our Twitter. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> Paid followers. We need this. <laughs> Okay, so Lydia, you're on spring break, which I'm assuming is your high, but I shouldn't assume, lest I make an ass of you and me. So what is, <laughs> what is your high? Wait, are we starting with our highs for the week and then just going low? Oh, wait, should we start I mean, we could. Those? We could do that. I felt like we had some good momentum. It would be hard to dip into the okay. low. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> highs for the week. Um, let's see. The, there's a very easy high. It's just, it's spring. It's definitely like the nice early spring. You can go outside on walks during lunch weather, mm. but allergies haven't punched me in the face yet. No flow and, days yet? No. <laughs> I'm shuddering, but you can't see it because we're in a podcast. But <laughs> So I'll give the Midwest that. Like the seasons are much more reasonable than in the Northeast. Law school related high. I got called on in con law on Monday, and the way that our con law professor does cold calls is it's like you're in the hot seat for 30 minutes, oh. which is a long time, but then yeah. you never get called on again because he's very methodical. He'll like randomly choose two names and then they're crossed off the list. Whereas okay. my crim professor, you're in the hot seat for 20 minutes, but you could get called on any time because it's like there are certain people who still have never been called on in that class. Some people have been called on like four times. It's kind of... It's random hot seat, so you're never quite secure. But con law, it's like, okay, you're you're you have a day, you right, know. Right. And I'm I was just ready for my day to come. I didn't want my day to be the last day of the semester. No, that know? sucks. <laughs> Y'all who are going into law school when you're marshalling w- your will or when you're like praying for when you're gonna be called on, just hope that you get called on on the first day. Really. No yeah. one remembers. Like, I just remember being like, I don't want to be called on on the first day. I don't want to be, you know? And now I'm like, that's the day to be called on. You're still yeah. fresh. You know? Really? Anyways, really? So I had been like, there are certain days in comma when I do not understand what's happening. This is not like my classes last semester. This is like, just, we're very deep into constitutional theory. I don't mm-hmm. understand. It's a very short document. What are we talking about? <laughs> anyway, so there's some days when I'm like, okay, I get this. Like, I get what's happening. I would like to be called on. Please. Um, anyways, the case I ended up getting called on was, like, about nuclear power. I don't know much about that. I answered some of the questions wrong and some of them right. And then it was over. And I was like, you know what? That, I'll take it. That was fine. I... The pressure is off. Like, I'm not going to sweat every time I go into that class. Yeah. Um, and it's just one more thing that's 
that's done. I feel like I've really, there's a lot off my plate now. Like I don't have to worry about comma, um, getting called on for the 30 minute hot seat, no more oral, argu- oral arguments, no more closed brief, no more crim paper. Two of my midterms are done. Maybe I don't have to write any more cover letters. I'm waiting to hear back from places, but I can finally, I feel like finally like focus on reviewing the material I've been learning, which I just haven't done. Right, right. I have no idea what I've learned this semester. I like look back at the first page of notes. I'm already lost. So I'm just ready to do that. My high is like imagining one week from now after I've reviewed and just feeling like refreshed and ready to go back to class and like I actually know what I what I'm doing because I feel like it's been a while since I felt like on top of my game yeah like I just keep doing the bare minimum at the last minute this semester and I don't know why um but yeah we'll we'll actually we'll see like I guess we'll check in in a week and right (laughs) I can actually report back if it is kind of a bummer that 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 spring break in law school sort of has to include review and that and that reviewing becomes the thing you look forward to. Remember life before this? Right. <laughs> I think it's just I like taking it slow. I know people who've already done outlines and stuff and they're on vacation right now, but I think the vacation would just stress me out. So maybe it's a personal thing. But um I don't know. I'm I'm plant sitting at my friend's apartment. It's a oh. it's a it's a huge, spacious, beautiful, not lot of natural light kind of apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, close to the park, so I'm gonna go on bike rides. I'm just gonna like hole up in someone else's apartment, which is just so refreshing. I'm sure it kind of feels as though you are in an Airbnb. You're a tourist yeah, in your own city. Exactly, exactly. It's a different neighborhood, and I'm just gonna be productive while my friends are out of town. And then when certain people start trickling back in, and I start losing my focus, I'll have some fun. And then that's my plan. So that's Perfect. my high. yeah. That sounds wonderful. Um, my high does not include anything even remotely relaxing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so this past week was the was the highly anticipated lunch mm. with the judges. Dun dun dun. Um, judges? Wait, I thought it was like one judge. Judges, three oh. circuit court judges. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, cool? And there were more people there than I thought. Uh, we're going to be there, which was actually, no, I didn't think it was just going to be me. I thought it was going to be maybe 10 people. And I think it was probably closer to 20, but I mean, it was, it was the law school faculty, basically. Um, the deans, professors, the, the, the judges, and then me and a few other students and they had the seating arranged. So it wasn't just a free for all. And I was looking around for my name tag, trying to figure out where to sit. And I found my name tag and I looked to my right and Dean Armijo was seated right next to me. And oh, I, fun. yeah, I just breathed this like deep sigh of relief because <laughs> if nothing else, I knew I could talk to one person at the table. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, when you're in a situation like that, where everybody around you is incredibly established and very smart you at least I shouldn't say you, but I find myself wondering <laughs> how I got a seat at this table. <laughs> and, and actually, one of the professors sitting to my left, uh, she asked me, she said, so how did you end up here? 
And I thought she meant at this table at this lunch. And I said, I have no idea. And she, <laughs> and she said, no, like at Elon. How did you end up at Elon? <laughs> oh my God. That's hilarious. I bet yeah, I was like, be, your guess is as, be- is as good as mine. I don't know. Because um, like, I am a delight. To have right. Like- right. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I, I didn't actually... Because the seating was arranged, I didn't get much of a chance to talk to the judges, but I, oh, I did yeah. make a point to fight to weasel my way into a conversation. Um, and I there was a bit of a lull. And so I just looked directly at the judge sitting across the table from me. And I said, <laughs> I said, do you have any tips for somebody who's embarking upon their first oral argument? That's a great question. <laughs> yeah, I thought so, too. I mean, that's yeah. what that's what he does all day. He, you know, listens to oral arguments. Well, not all day, but it's a big part of it. Um, and do you want to know his, his golden nugget of advice? I, wanna, I mean, my or, oral arguments are done for this semester, but yes, I need this advice for the future. So he said the best tip he could give is to main, maintain eye contact with the judge, which constant, no blinking. <laughs> <laughs> Your honor. <laughs> that's not exactly what he said. <laughs> but that's what I inferred and that is what I will be doing. No. <laughs> Imagine just no blinking. Yeah. No, I mean, he said that uh, oral arguments are more like conversations than they are a recitation of a paper or an argument itself. So just as you would in a normal conversation, maintain reasonable eye contact yeah um so that felt pretty good i thought you know all right i could do that i could do that yeah um that's a good that's a good piece of advice yeah and on top of that so in preparation for the for this oral argument i uh i purchased some new professional clothes which oh was my that God. fun was it fun to go shopping for professional clothes i actually haven't done that since i've been in law school yeah so i in my regular life, including my law school life, refuse to, quote, go shopping. I am exclusively <laughs> an online ordering person. Why did you put that in quotes? <laughs> I, I felt like I needed... Is it scare quotes? Like, go shopping because online shopping is shopping? Uh, I think I put it in, in air quotes because I'm not going anywhere. I'm uh, okay. sitting on my couch, okay. scrolling through photos of clothes, and then right. selecting my size and ordering it. Perfect. I would much rather do the labor that's involved in having to return clothing that like I don't like or doesn't fit right than go into a store and have to sift through racks and figure out what looks good and what doesn't. I just I hate it. Um, and I'm, a, I'm I, I shop at Mod Cloth. I don't know if you're familiar. Oh, yeah. I didn't know they did professional clothes. Yeah, they, they do have a work line. And I, I almost exclusively shop at Mod Cloth. So I know exactly like what size I am and like what the nice. quality of material is going to be. So I just went in and I bought a couple blazers and some shirts. Oh my God. It is what? wild how dressing like a lawyer makes you feel like a lawyer. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. I put this blazer on and I was like, I felt like I like activated. It was like, chow, chow, <laughs> I'm a lawyer now. <laughs> Hold on. Okay. We've been talking all this time about like, professional drag but you're telling me this is like not a performance you became a lawyer is that what i'm hearing 
Um, I don't know if I agree with that a hundred percent because I feel like life is drag. <laughs> not not to dip too deep into my lefty oh. politics, but um, you know, Judith Butler is all about gender performativity, and I think you can kind of extend that argument out into saying like all dress is performative. So I think maybe my argument here is that all lawyers are just performing the part of lawyers. And okay, if you do it excellent. long enough, the line blurs and you just are one. <laughs> I don't know. That's excellent. Okay. I'm on board with that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I like put on these heels and I put on this really well fitted blazer and I thought I'm going to argue the shit out of this oral argument on Monday. <laughs> like, if and I, listeners, Megan will be practicing her oral argument on us oh, in this episode. A little bit, just a touch. <laughs> um, because full disclosure, I haven't, I haven't written anything out, or I—that's not true. I haven't written the the body of my oral argument, um, and I don't know that I plan on doing that because I think it might undercut the whole point, which is to know the stuff cold so that you can have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will be, we will be doing a, a tiny, teeny, baby mock oral argument. Um, with the parts that I actually have to memorize. And then I have a couple of questions that Lydia can ask me that I'll have to think on my feet about. So, yeah. Um, Just one more thing I want to say about this oral argument uh, is that everybody in my class, everybody else in my class is paired up. So you'd have two defendants and two plaintiffs and each person on each side has five minutes of talking time, but there's an odd number of people in my class so um, I am the odd man out. <laughs> so you're going to go twice or once? I'm going to go, well, I'm going to go once, but I'm going to argue both issues that the Whoa. plaintiff has to argue. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. And our professor, Professor Oaks, who actually might be listening to this, <gasps> I told her oh, about yeah. the podcast. Oh, cool. She was stoked on the podcast. And I think if I tell her that we talked about the oral arguments, she might be listening. <laughs> so shout out if you are. Um but anyway, she offered, uh, she recognized that it was unfair to have me go twice. So she offered an additional point t- uh, to any volunteers' overall raw score of their grade if they would be my co-counsel. Wow. And Wait, d- why what? can't you just have the extra point? Well, that was my thing. I was like, so oh. she announces this to the class and, and, you're says, like, <laughs> and says, you know, if somebody wants to do that, I'm just going to accept the first email I get after 1030 and whoever that is, like they can have the additional point of their raw score. Um, so I thought, wait, hold on. I can do this too. Right. So I, I was watching the second countdown on my computer and then I hit send and I got it. So I'm my own. Yeah. Amazing. (laughs) Yeah. And I will be harnessing all the powers of my well-fitted blazer and I, <laughs> you got this. It's gonna be, it's gonna be excellent. <laughs> I love so it. You. That's sort of a very long-winded hi. That's, that's what's up. Well, I mean, yeah, you have the outfit. You have advice from a judge, right? You were wined and dined with. I mean, you're really set up for success here. You got an I... extra point in the bag. I mean, <laughs> I'm feeling good about this. Me too. <laughs> you have to do this before exams. Yeah, I hate that. I mean, 
so Professor Oaks let us know that, I mean, this is worth, I think, five points of your overall grade. And she said she's a pretty lenient grader with this particular okay. assignment okay. because it's the first time you're ever doing it. Yeah. So as long as you show up and appear as though you put in some effort, you're going to do just fine. Okay. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so L- Lowe's? Yeah. Or Mez? Or, yeah, I guess we could do Lowe's and then end with Mez. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. Milo. Last night I was hanging out with Ashlyn and Dee, who I feel like I talk about all the time. We were watching Charlie's Angels and then Love is Blind because it's spring break. Yes. And I, was, I like, had pulled up our, like, podcast doc to try to, like, sketch out some thoughts. And I was like, Lowe's for the week. Like, I mean, I don't know. What a great week it's been. And it's just funny how quickly you compartmentalize <clears throat> everything the minute it becomes spring break. Like, I was sitting there watching TV with my friends. And I just, like, couldn't think of any anything bad that had happened any any low point you know right I was like it's spring break everything is great then i remembered <laughs> that on monday night i was sitting in front of my laptop crying i was like oh yeah that time <laughs> so that's my low <laughs> i was just in front of this blank word doc very frustrated with myself um i had i had this crim paper criminal law paper that was due on friday and so i had done just so, so, so much research. And it was at the point where I had to cut myself off and start writing. And I just couldn't Ooh. make myself start mm-hmm. writing. Um, actually, I talked about this at the end of last episode. Yeah, I was like, I had I had decided to do my paper on human trafficking and met with my professor. And um, when I couldn't decide how to narrow it down, he had given me license to kind of do a broad overview of the topic. And that at felt at first felt kind of freeing because I didn't have to narrow it down, but then it got very overwhelming. And yeah, it's just too, it's just too like, that's a PhD. Pro- like that's a book. How do you, you know? yeah. How do you narrow <laughs> down human trafficking? Um, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of like uh, concrete issues within human trafficking prosecution but um, yeah, doing the overview of it was, and, and the research is just really dark. It's hard to research mm-hmm. something like that for hours on end. And writing it requires like real thought. You can't just BS a paper about human trafficking. Like, what's the point? You have to actually, like, yeah, it, it deserves, you know, it deserves more. So, combining all of that like with a de- with a deadline and other stuff going on and I was just staring at like 20 single spaced pages of quotes Ooh. from my research um that I had to string together and so I was just um crying but <laughs> oh buddy it's it's okay shout out to Billy who had this professor last semester and had to tell me like 40 times that this professor is a lenient grader and that everything would be fine um and actually the paper's not on the curve so actually there is a chance to succeed on this, unlike in legal writing. And I met with the professor on Tuesday and we narrowed down the topic to labor trafficking. Um, okay. Which is just really different how they prosecute that than sex trafficking. And just a lot of different issues come up because sex work is illegal. And a lot of the work that people who are trafficked doing labor, like it's not illegal to work at a chicken plant, you know? 
Right, like, right, right. There's not that additional layer yeah. of, yeah, illegality. But even narrowing it down took me the rest of the week, and I turned it in at 5.01 p.m. on Friday. It was due at 5. I really hope I'm not docked oh, too much. Oh, my. That is, that's the nightmare moment. <laughs> I forgot to double space it. It was single space. I, I ah! just, like, write a paper in, like, double space. I can't do that. So at the last minute, I... And then because I don't have Microsoft Word, I had to like convert it to Word format. And then I had to like log into my email. And that all just took like oh, two minutes instead of one minute. My God. <clears throat> Wait, how are you doing law school without Microsoft Word? I just, I bought this Mac for the first time ever. And I have pages instead of Word. I mean, the school offers Word for free. I need to just get it. It's yeah, just not what, a priority. What are you doing? <laughs> now I'm used to it. I don't this know. is a priority. This is, I can't. Is it? Yeah, this you haven't mentioned this for a reason because you know how unreasonable this is. Is it unreasonable? Do you know how expensive Microsoft Word is and they're offering it to you for free? Oh, I mean, look, I'm going to get it before I graduate. It's just not like <laughs> urgent. I argue it is urgent. Isn't it on a subscription base now too? It's like when I graduate, I'll probably have to pay for it myself. I Software isn't like the old days. You have to pay every month. Ah, uh, like, yes, the good old days of software. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, once I started writing my paper and, like, I narrowed it down, I was able to, I mean, I still did hours more of research, but um, it got interesting once I actually just, like, started writing. Another yeah. shout out to Billy who was like, you just have to start writing. And I was like, okay, great. This is great advice. Just don't worry about it and just write it. <laughs> great. Thank um, you, Billy. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, I feel good about it. It ended up being 12 pages single-spaced, which is weird. Like, in undergrad, that would have absolutely consumed me to write such a long paper. Yeah. But now I'm just like, oh, how could I narrow – like, how could I cut myself off after 12 pages? I need to keep writing. I do so, find that same problem in uh, law school as opposed to undergrad. It, it 12 pages double-spaced would have just – ended me in undergrad that would have been the thesis paper paper. yeah yeah but now I'm like how am I ever gonna get this under 15 pages (laughs) I don't know I don't know man also I have not written a paper that is 15 pages in law school I don't know why I said that I think the max was 10 but still you know you're you're, it's a hypothetical yeah I'm anticipating I'm anticipating advice that I didn't take um but that is a very good advice if you can stomach it. I think I'm the type of person who just like is going to write about something I care about. But the strategic advice, if you ever get this kind of assignment, dear listeners, is look forward in the syllabus to topics later on in the semester, like towards the end of the semester, for example, and write mm-hmm. about something related to one of those topics. Hey. And when you get there, you can ease up on the reading because you're basically an expert and you can spend that time just like preparing for exams or just that like is not. a pro tip yeah okay. it was a great piece of advice that i got after i had researched human trafficking for like 25 hours and was completely committed um <laughs> but yeah, at a certain oh, point that would have been smart and, right. and if it's something that you're, you're just doing it for strategic means and you're not you don't care about it you know mm-hmm. it's probably easier to just kind of like hammer something out right 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 yeah yeah that makes My sense. paper, in short, I'm not actually going to post it to the blog like I offered that I would <laughs> last episode because I think that the articles and documentaries and stuff that I sourced from are just much better ways to learn about human trafficking. But I will share those because um, I think it's important for people to know about. 
Yeah, and what? you know what? I'll do what? you one better. We'll oh. post it on Twitter. How's that? Oh, my gosh. Okay. At yeah. Law School in Brief, please. Yeah. <laughs> in short, though, just to get people interested in looking at those resources, um, I was talking about a piece of legislation called the Trafficking Victims Protection Act, passed in 2000, um, to make a, a claim that that a client has been labor trafficked or that you've been labor trafficked, you have to prove uh, force, fraud, or coercion. Mm -hmm. And the coercion piece is kind of difficult because we're in an economy where almost everyone needs to work to live and many people have jobs they dislike. Right. Um, And it can kind of get blurry because people will like actively choose to do work that is not great, like not great working conditions just because it's their only option. Um, so what is the wh- what is the line? Uh, and I liked this quote by this labor attorney, Jennifer Lee. She said, mm-hmm. a guest worker's strong desire to continue working and avoid being fired should similarly not undermine a claim alleging that the work was obtained through coercion. The conflation of the desire and necessity to work as a guest worker may be tied to any number of reasons such as recruitment debts or the personal humiliation and failing to provide for one's family. And, and she goes on like that. I'm like, oh, man, this is just, you got to keep researching this. Yeah, absolutely. And then I ended up, oh, my gosh, I had like five minutes to write my conclusion at the end. Oh God, Lydia, <laughs> you're stressing me out so much. Sorry, the sentences like have no transitions between them. <laughs> it's just me. And then I accidentally just got... Um, a little socialist at the end. I was like, oh, <laughs> I was like, right in. Seems like the government is just using criminal law here to address a symptom of a way larger problem of exploitation that it, the government, actively supports in many other facets. Ooh. You know, like Thank having you. these guest worker programs where workers don't have any like legal protections, that kind of right. thing. Right, right, right. And like not offering worker protections for everyone. Um, anyways. That was my that was my week. <laughs> oh damn! <laughs> so the low actually, I guess the low wasn't writing it because I ended up thinking through some interesting stuff and marshalling a lot of information, but just making myself switch between research and writing, just a struggle. Yeah, hard transition because in law school you never really, and I I've learned this and I've been told this, but the research aspect never ends. Like you it just never have to. Ends. You never yeah. know what about the topic. You never know. Exactly. I don't know anything still. It's about, I think, learning when, you know, enough is enough. Like, because <laughs> the, the amount of resources that we have, especially with our different legal research tools, it's just, it, it is sort of boundless. You could keep going. So. Absolutely. Yeah. What's well, your low? <laughs> Ooh, my so my low is actually um it's it's a graduation of my former meh it is Ooh. it is the job search <laughs> okay. and i know uh, so there is no update oh. i i i realized that about a month ago i was talking some pretty big games saying like i am above applying to internships just to apply for internships but i might be eating my words um slightly because I've only applied to three internships and I haven't heard back from any of them. And three for, total? Like you've applied total. to three summer jobs? Yep. I respect you. <laughs> I respect that. 
that might be a misplaced respect, but we'll, you know, so I respect it. Okay. (laughs) So I've applied to three and for two of the three, they, they say that you should hear back if you're selected for an interview, like mid February to mid March. And like, Mm. I know that it's not mid March yet, but the fact that I haven't heard anything at this point is making me feel like I probably was not selected for an interview. Um, which is, you know, a bummer. I'd like to think that my uh, my resume and my cover letter would be more enticing. Uh, but alas, uh, it seems as, as though that's not the case. Um, and, you know, it's just sort of so when I when I am sitting here at my desk now talking about this, I don't feel badly. And I think to myself, if I don't hear from these three internships, that's fine because I can do summer school and I can work on a political campaign, um, which doesn't feel like a bad option to me at all. And I, I think that that's probably because I didn't go to law school with the goal of coming out of it and working at a big law firm or working in corporate law. I think if that, right, ha- right. If that had been my objective, I would be sweating right now. Um, yeah. But because it's not, I, I'm not sweating. Have you considered applying to more internships? Yeah, so I, 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 it's not as though I've stopped looking. Um, I, I, I do, I have kept a keen eye. And in fact, yesterday I found one that I'm going to apply to. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, but it's just, I, you know, my, my summer plans feel incredibly limited because of the things that I won't do. So, uh-huh. Right. So there are just like certain legal jobs that I won't do because I know that I'm not interested in them and I don't want to spend um, a precious summer doing them. <laughs> Good for you, man. Yeah. Also, I I refuse to go outside of North Carolina. I mean, even that is that's not totally true. Like I won't drive more than an hour in each direction. Yeah. Yeah. So really, my radius is like as far as Raleigh at the outside. Right. So there are quite some pretty restricting limits on, on my job search. Um, and that's fine with me that I, I feel fine about that, but it's only when I, when I hear other people talking about their summer plans and I start to kind of compare myself, that's when mm. I feel like, Oh no, Maybe I'm doing this wrong. Maybe I shouldn't be so picky. Uh, and then there's also this piece of me that feels kind of resentful of people who, like, I've been hearing a lot of people, and by this I mean in passing maybe six people in the last week, which feels like a lot because That's it's a, lot. a limited sampling <laughs> yeah. of people saying, oh, you know, I'm just going to go work at the family law firm or, like, I'm going to go and work at the firm that I worked at as you know a paralegal or a secretary before I started law school um it just feels so easy and as a first generation law student I'm like oh that must be nice for you yeah I bet your dad loved hiring you yeah okay great (laughs) enjoy (laughs) yeah and that's not and I hate and there this is not specific to this to this particular moment but there are quite a few moments in law school where I just all I see are barriers and this is one of those moments where I'm like, oh, my God, I everyone keeps telling me that I need this summer internship. And then they say, but if you don't find one, you know, a good backup plan is summer school. 
uh, and, you know, volunteering or something like that. And I just, I don't know. I don't know. I am feeling a little down. One of our professors, my legal practice professor, who is an angel, she is, she is a delight. Um, As much as I don't like legal writing, I like her, which is a lot. (laughs) But she is very reassuring. She's like, I didn't have a legal job my first summer. I traveled across Europe. I'm fine. You'll be fine. Like, it's going to be okay. Like, you know. Yeah. Ideally, you do something related and that you're passionate about and that that pays you and all of these things that could be ideal. But she was like, the first summer is not as important as the second summer. So, yeah, there's that. If you met her, you would be very comforted by her. I haven't met her and I'm comforted by her. (laughs) And, you know, I like Dean Duncan in the uh, student career services office. She she has reassured me many a time that my backup plans are not bad plans. So I I just you know how it would be so great if all the states just voted in the primary on the same freaking day, because it would be great to know who (laughs) the Democratic candidate is. Because, like, I would dedicate my summer to Birdie more willingly than (laughs) the other one. Oh, my. (laughs) That's all. That's all I want to say. It's like, oh, man, like, I'm really jazzed about one campaign more than the other. So, right, right, right. Am I going to set aside for that this summer? Well, actually, so um, if I end up doing political campaign work uh it'll probably be in the senator race in north carolina because okay yeah Yeah. so in talking to dean armijo about this he said that this particular senator race is going to be or i should say senatorial race but um is going to be the most expensive in the entire country because uh, cal cunningham is trying to unseat tom tillis who is like a very, very conservative staunch Republican. And that's that would be a big deal. And it would be it would be a huge move towards uh, skewing North Carolina blue. Um, and Cal Cunningham is from Lexington, which is really close to Greensboro. So huh. I was thinking that this week I would send an unsolicited uh, email <laughs> to his campaign <laughs> headquarters to see if they're looking for interns or volunteers of some kind oh i'm sure they are that's a great option yeah i don't think i don't think it's a bad option at all you know i to speak to your first gen point i i mean so i've reached out to different people um in my search and my career services office has offered to help me a lot but hasn't totally come through Mm-hmm. Um, I don't feel like they're going to be the ones to like help me find a job. There are different professors that I've met with, um, who have told me about different fellowships and whatnot. And I feel like they were not as supportive as they could have been for me. Mm-hmm. Um, discouraging often. And yeah. The most helpful people have been the people who I know who I grew up with. And like, I, I happen to know them, you know? Right. Um, I mean, I could have, there, yeah, there are things I could have done that would have like sabotaged my relationship with people I grew up with that I didn't do, you know? Like, it's not like I'm like, I just happen to know them and they're willing to 
like help me out. It's like, oh, we have a, a positive, healthy relationship and that's so great. But like I do, the way I first met them was a happenstance, just like circumstances. And not everyone knows like lawyers that they grew up with. And yeah. I'm just like, I, and the things that they have done to like really just like send me things, introduce me to people. I'm like, you know, I just hate that that's the only helpful thing. Not to disparage my career services office too much. I, I do like them. They've directed me to good resources, but it's mm -hmm. very different from like having someone who will vouch for you, who's like a working attorney. And I'm right. like, this is, it's, you just see, you see it at work, this like, this network thing. Yeah. When you're first gen, you're like, oh yeah, I, I can see what's happening here. Absolutely. It's, it's so obvious. And it, I don't know if, I mean, it, to me, it feels like a barrier. Yeah. Just lack, like, well, also being across the country, like my uncle is a lawyer, but he's all the way in Nevada. And, mm. you know, if I lived in California still, that might be an option. That might be somebody that could help me network. But I am out here in Greensboro, North Carolina. <laughs> I don't know anybody. And it's just hard. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my low to tie it up in a little bow. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. That's, I forgot we were talking about lows. That's where I'm at. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it would be awesome too. Like I, I would, I, what baffles me is how hard it is to give away your free labor. <laughs> I know. Right. I'm like, like I am here and I am really smart and really dedicated and I will sit with your legal documents and do all the things you want me to do with them. <laughs> you don't have to train me how to work in an office. I am nearly 29 years old like you know what I mean like but I'm offering to work for free why won't you take me but I think though that because legal education doesn't prepare you for what you actually do in the office that there is a lot of training that goes into it like I think they see first year summers as more of like a an investment of something that they have to sink a lot of work into and that maybe that person will like come back the next year if they really like them sometimes I think yeah that's what's happening uh, yeah, I agree. I agree for the with good that. internships, and so it's that's frustrating too. It's like, why do I have to be begging for this like quote experience? Right. Um, yeah. I feel like the really yeah. cute, but like nine-year-old dog that's like already housebroken. <laughs> like you're uh, like, yeah. If I like adopt this dog, I get it for like a couple years, and I don't have to train it. But if I get the puppy, <laughs> it's much cuter. But I have to house train it. But then it's mine forever. <laughs> you know. I just want to find a good home. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> all right. <laughs> okay. Maybe we move on to me. Yeah. I, I, take away, adopt, adopt from your local shelter. I like that. From yes. Local no kill shelter. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you have any mess? Um. Okay. My meh. Let's see. You know, I, I'm also gonna just jump on the the job train a little um not it's not a low it's just a meh but I finally heard back from that new clinic that I had mentioned that was about yes. migration they had to they were taking a while to figure out their capacity 
um, for first year interns and because they're just starting up and you know, they sound quite busy. So they ended up not hiring me after I followed up again. Um, but I had a couple other interviews. I had kind of figured like this is probably not going to work out. Otherwise, they would have already hired me. I don't know. Like, I guess I don't understand. I've never been on the hiring side. I when when it takes people like literally two months to de- to look at your like having already looked at your resume to decide if they want you or not. I'm like, you don't you don't want me. That's fine. Yeah, she's just not that into you. <laughs> you know. <laughs> right. Right. So. Anyways, um, I had already started applying to stuff. So I kind of, I got that rejection, like right as I had these two other interviews. So it it was, that cushioned it a little bit. Uh Um, But one in North Carolina and then, yeah, and then one in St. Louis. So I'm feeling, I, it was just like a positive interview, both of them. Um, You know, when you just have like a nice conversation with someone. Yes. Those are the so, best interviews. Yeah. Um, I'll have a more, com- I'll probably give a more like complete rundown if I actually know what I'm doing. I don't really want to dedicate time to explaining those workplaces, what they do, what I might be doing if I'm not going to be doing them. Okay. But, you know, uh, I, I mean, it's a meh because I'm waiting. Um, and it's a meh because neither of them would leave me super financially secure by Mm -hmm. the end of the summer right so i'm yeah i'm if i'm staying in st louis i am i'm looking at the like summer class schedule because Mm -hmm. i I asked a dean like you know how to get financial aid over the summer if i'm here and taking a class and can i access like cost of living um type of stuff to supplement this like three thousand dollars that i'll get for like four months (laughs) of living so anyways, I hadn't even thought about that until you mentioned it. So thank you once again for inspiring me. You're welcome. up my eyes to my options. Um, or I might take some painting commissions, but it does kind of make painting less fun sometimes. Right. So I don't know, but that could be an option. If you're listening to this and you're coming to watch you and this is stressing you out, um, just know that our school's new chapter of the People's Parity Project is working on advocating for higher public interest stipends. We met with the dean about it on Thursday. So TBD, but we're trying to, you know, students, we got to organize. We got to be like, look, administration, you have money. We pay you all this money. You should guarantee money for people going to public interest because it's so hard to get those jobs and like live. Yeah. And it it makes... Exactly. It makes it not attractive. It's it's another yeah. barrier. Gosh yes. darn it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um oh. Yeah. That's my meh. I also oh my gosh. I got into a, a little debate on our one L group meet. I don't think what? that's worth relating. <laughs> Wait, tell me everything. I'm I'm I <laughs> just like someone posted something okay you know this close the workhouse campaign that i've mentioned it's the workhouse is this jail in st louis that's truly has inhumane conditions and um a movement has been petitioning the government to shut it down and you know put people in more humane there's like other places to to hold people or just not you know or just set bail at a constitutional level so that no one needs to be held but um the 
that campaign's been going on for a while. So there are these ads by Ben and Jerry's okay. that have been like, hey, close the workhouse, which is shocking. You're just like scrolling through Instagram. And it's like Ben and Jerry's is advertising their ice cream and that you should close the workhouse. <laughs> Seriously. So someone posted that in the group me and then someone else posted like, hey, did you know like Ben and Jerry's sells ice cream in settlements in the West Bank, like Israeli settlements in the West Bank, which I hadn't known. But then there was a conversation about like um, ethical corporate action, I guess. And then in some, the group me, which is yeah. typically some, for like, yeah. which bar is everyone meeting at? Or yeah, like, yeah. what's the homework for this? Okay, yeah, just check. Exactly. So then um, that article that was about Israeli settlements in the West Bank had like info on like private Israeli roads and about like different license plates in Israel. Um, like there are license plates for Palestinians and Israelis and diplomats that are like color coded in different ways. Okay. And so someone was like, what's the deal with this license plate thing? Anyways, then I posted this kind of long oh <laughs> post with a map of um, Israel in the West Bank, like with the armistice line dotted and it kind of gave like a little overview, it, a very abbreviated. I didn't, but I was like, you know, it's a group me, just a little abbreviated post. Did you, did you before posting this hesitate for a moment and think this could be explosive or were you Absolutely like, this is not. nothing? Because someone asked a question and I directly answered that question. I wasn't just like going off. I was like, okay. here's, here's like, here's what I think the, the person who wrote that blog post is re responding to okay okay you know i didn't make it about me i was like i'm trying to interpret this article so then someone posted a very thoughtfully written post like hey this isn't really the best forum for this like i don't think we should bring up potentially contentious issues in the group meaning like people might have had family members who have been like harmed in the middle east and all this and so many people liked that message. Like it exploded. People were like very on board with that. Right. And I liked it as well. Then I took a shower. In the shower, I couldn't stop thinking about it. I was like, I agree that we should not have debates in the group me, but I don't agree that we shouldn't ever bring up potentially contentious issues because there's like, there are so many people in our class. There's like 250 people in the, in the first year class. Uh -huh. We don't know each other. So, like, how would we know? Because he was saying, like, we should have these conversations in person. And I'm just like, how would we know to have those, con like, who to have those conversations with if we don't initially float something in the group me? Um, because, like, the people who were chiming in, I had no idea that maybe they would want to talk about Israel and Palestine. Like, I'm not just going around being like, hey, you want to talk about Palestine? Like, Right, right, right. So, um, so... I then after I got out of the shower in which oh, I had composed yes. this whole thing, then I posted a very long <laughs> response, mm -hmm. but I was trying to be respectful as well. And then other people chimed in. It was just a whole, it was like a whole thing. And then other people were like, why aren't we posting like cute pictures and memes anymore? Like what's happening? So I think I, <laughs> I, I was trying to make a nuanced point and people were just like, shut up. <laughs> so it wasn't, it was, it was just a meh because like certain people did agree with me. Eight people compared to the 30 people who liked the other post. And I get it, like, fine. But I'm also just not going to not post potentially contentious issues in the group me. So that's where I stand on that. I think 
that communication tools in the 21st century are crucial for organizing students. Um, and maybe the difference is that this issue is not something that we're going to mobilize around as students at WashU, like in conversation with the WashU administration, but like potentially contentious, contentious social issues that are like more on the ground St. Louis, like I will be posting about those without <laughs> breathing, you know? Without yeah, you're just going to do it. Yeah, I don't care. Like, sure you're yeah. happy posting. Yeah, unfortunately, yes. I. <laughs> yeah. You know what, though? At least they know what they're getting with you. Absolutely. <laughs> Nobody can claim that they were surprised. <laughs> yeah, you are, you are nothing if not consistent. highest moment. But there's so many faux pas. I make faux pas all the time. I need to keep a count, like, from day one with that free survey. <laughs> okay. Speaking of faux pas, going yeah. back to the judge lunch briefly. Oh, okay. So Dina Armijo and I were talking, and we were talking about the fact that um, I had voted, like, who I voted for. He didn't tell me who he voted for in the in the election. Um, but I had said that, you know, I voted for Elizabeth Warren, and he said something like, oh, you know, I guess like maybe it would or wouldn't be so bad if we had another law professor running the country. And without even thinking, without even thinking, I said, who was the last law professor that was president? <laughs> and then before he could answer, I said, oh, my God, it's, oh, it's Barack Obama. I know that. I know that. I know that. <laughs> That's not too much of a faux pas. I'm such you a fool. President, you, you know, that eclipses his previous position. Uh, okay. It, it, okay. I'll take it. You know, like, <laughs> I'm like, who was, I don't know. <laughs> like I've lived under Aww. a rock forever. <laughs> oh my God. So embarrassing. There's something about Dean Armijo that like makes me feel like I, I really like talking to him and I think he likes talking to me, but he's also clearly so much smarter than I am. Uh, no. I just wish that the the playing field were a little more level. And so I don't feel like I'm always trying to not say something stupid. <laughs> <laughs> we had, we had a coffee with um, my, con- my old contracts professor, who's now a Dean to bring up this public interest stipend thing. And yeah, she's very uh, intimidating. Um, and didn't, you know, immediately acquiesce to giving us thousands of more dollars. Crazy <laughs> so how that works. Meetings where like, uh... Yeah. You're like, so um, uh, we want more money. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're paying for this coffee, right? I don't know. <laughs> the school did pay for the coffee, which is great. That is they nice. Have, like, they have like a coffee with the dean session every month. Oh, that is really, really nice. Is it always that dean? No, no. Um, there's like, you know, the dean who like runs the school. I guess I don't actually understand the hierarchy at all, but yeah, I'm like, so can anyone be a Dean or (laughs) what's going on here? Wait, what's your meh? Oh, Oh, shoot. Um, my meh very briefly, uh, is probably that I have my finals coming up in the next, uh, nine and 12 days, which is intimidating. Um, and so I feel much better about these two classes than I felt about my torts and, uh, civil procedure classes last trimester. But I mean, also remembering that I didn't feel bad about those classes. Then it was only when I got my grades that I was like, Oh, dang, law school's different. Okay. Um, (laughs) So I've been studying differently. And I feel really, I do feel really confident. And I and I see my blind spots, which I think is really important. Mm -hmm. So I'm I've been working on those. But uh, 
I did a practice essay for criminal law last week and I felt like it was fire. I was like, I know exactly what's happening here. And briefly, it was basically um, about a second, like you were asked whether or not the judge should dismiss this person's second degree murder charge. And then it gives you a set of facts, right? And I'm reading through this and immediately I'm like, okay, there is something here about felony murder. Uh, Because basically there was um, uh, an attempted kidnapping happening and, you know, the police are chasing this attempted kidnapper. And one of the police officers while in pursuit uh, gets into a car crash and dies. And, so the prompt was like, okay, he's charged with second degree murder. Should those charges stick? And I'm like, boom, this is felony murder. Like all <laughs> the way, right? You have like an inherently dangerous crime, uh, which is kidnapping, a bark felony. They're called. Do you do you use the acronym bark? No, I can already tell you have learned much more than I have. Okay. <laughs> Everything you're saying and like you being like, boom, it's this. I'm like, whoa, I am <laughs> not booming anything you're, not so you're okay. teaching me you're teaching me right now <laughs> well well um spoiler alert uh it was only a partial boom on my part ah, so so i'm like boom it's felony murder because you know uh like transferred intent and you know you can be held liable for things that happen during the commission of your crime and if you're not in a safe haven the crime is still happening blah blah blah, blah, blah. i write this paper i feel great about it um i turn it into my my tutor uh, she reads it and she's like, yeah, this is great. And then I get to class the next day and our professor talks about the essay answer. And he oh, said, okay. all right, what was that? I said, oh, good. Like that. Yeah. You got the actual answer. Yeah. I did. Yeah. And he, and he was like, so what kind of, what kind of murder is this? And, um, I'm really glad I didn't raise my hand because somebody else said, oh, this is depraved heart murder. And I was like, no. <laughs> and then he was like, yes, it is depraved heart murder. Oh, God. <laughs> but I would have given you points for felony murder, too. Oh, okay. But okay. I mean, like, the fact that I felt so good about my answer only to find that it wouldn't have been the full points answer like I, I didn't think it was going to affect me that hard because I'm like, it's cool. I have time. I have two weeks. Like it's going to be okay. I, I had like a near meltdown after oh. I left class. Like I went oh. home and I was just in such a funk. I was like, how do I not? Am I? How am I so stupid? Right. <laughs> and I, and I, it's like law school has done this to me where I. I can step outside of myself when I'm in a dark place like that and go you're being unreasonable. You are not stupid, but it's yeah. like, it's still really hard to not feel stupid. You're like rationally telling yourself that, but your heart is still. Yes. Like... My depraved heart. Oh, okay. Feels... <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but serious. I was just like, wow, how could you have been wrong about that? I don't know. Um, um, that happened to me on my uh, con law midterm. Really? I, I did an entire analysis, but completely forgot the uh, an entire other analysis. And when the professor asked, like, what's what's the first, the very first step? What's the very first thing we should ask when we see this? Like, I raised my hand, and my classmate James raised his hand, and he picked on James, and James was like, this thing, I don't even remember what it is, because I need to review. And I was like, oh, that's not it. 
<laughs> but it was. And then we spent 30 minutes talking about how was that was the first thing we needed oh. to do with the analysis. And I had not done any of it. My second part was correct. But I was like, right, right. That thing that we learned about before right. that I it's, forgot about. Yeah. It's so like very similar to you, a very similar experience. Like, yeah. Oh my gosh. Just feeling so confident. Well, my contracts professor will often say, what's the first question you want to ask? And I've learned that the first question is, is there a contract? But I mean, <laughs> right. he speaks with such authority that I think it like throws people off. And so he'll ask someone in class, he's really intimidating and they'll just freeze up like, um, there was consideration. And he's like, no. Is there a contract? My God! <laughs> yeah, one of the one of the questions on our contracts exam basically there there wasn't a contract, and so uh -huh. like if you spin your wheels enough answering it, you eventually realize that. Um, but I wasted like two hundred words. My contracts professor was like, "You just didn't need to do all this analysis. Like I didn't take off points, but like this just wasn't the most efficient Effective use, use of, of your, your time." time. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and, uh, and she was like, "You got there eventually." But like this is just doesn't really just doesn't really make sense. <laughs> Oops. <No. laughs> but it'll all come together in the end, you know. Yeah, I'm I'm ho I'm hopeful. I'm feeling feeling yeah. okay. Contracts, I feel fine about. It's it's nice. criminal that I'm. I just know he's gonna ask us something about felony murder, <laughs> and so now <laughs> I need to learn that like the back of my hand. Yeah. 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 All right. So that's my myth. Now that Tidin. we've caught up on our weeks, do you want to um, practice your oral argument? You still okay. have time? I think we have just a little bit of time. And yeah. it, it doesn't have to be like a full, please, listeners, don't judge me for this. This is the first time I've ever like said these <gasps> things out loud. So Wow. Right, right, right. We're really getting the, the actual process here. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Um, okay, so just to set everybody up during an oral argument it's going to be me on one side and then the plaintiffs which is going to be in my case two of my classmates on the other side and we are orally arguing in front of the judge who is our professor um oh, okay and what i thought an oral argument was was going to be basically a more conversational version of our trial brief yeah um yeah and what I learned, I went to, I saw, I sat in on the uh, Court of Appeals hearings this past week, and that was uh, an oral argument. What I learned is that it's really, really even more conversational than you think it's going to be. Yeah. Um, Wait, you went the, to like the actual courthouse to just yeah. like watch a... They brought the courthouse to us. So we have a courtroom at Elon. And yeah. so the the judges that I had lunch with, they were they were in Greensboro <laughs> to, to hear these cases. So wow. I ate lunch with them. And then I'm, I'm continually impressed by Elon. Dude, the more you tell me about it, oh, I really I, am. It's honestly, I love it. It's so experiential. I even forgot to tell you that in criminal law this week, we had a drug dog and the canine unit what? come into our <laughs> <What>? class. <laughs> and did they find anything? Or? I mean, they brought weed, hid it in the classroom and then brought what? the dog in and they were like, watch the dog find the weed. It was so cool so you got cool. class credit for that that's incredible yes. it was so cool it's well so, you didn't so, get so to fun. pet the dog i'm guessing no but the dog was really really cute Ugh, and i we learned that all the drug dogs live at home with the officers wow yeah huh. anywho okay I, I digress <laughs> so back to oral arguments um 
it's really more of a conversation, but there are a few things that you have to memorize. Um, and that's the intro and the conclusion. Everything else in the middle is are like the facts of your case, your argument, all the evidence that you're using to support your argument. And those are the things that you basically want to have memorized, um, but not so that you can just spit it back out and resuscitate it at the judge. Like they've read your trial brief. They don't need to hear this spoken. Um, it's so that you can kind of pull on those things when the judges ask you questions and the judges seem to really like asking you questions <laughs> Yeah, I was <laughs> because you are the authority on this right. topic. They know less than you do and they want to know what you know so that they can make a judgment. Um, anywho, that's what an oral argument is. Would you have anything to add to that, Lydia? Um, no, our, our judges were like, one second. <laughs> oh, bless um, you. <laughs> the allergies are finally coming. <laughs> oh, break out the flow nays. No, no. Um, the, our judges were like upper class students, so I don't really know what it's like. And I haven't, I haven't seen the actual or oral arguments in practice, so I have nothing proper to add. Okay. Well, um, in that case, I think I'm just going to, I'm going to say for the first time ever my, my intro. Um, and then I have a couple questions that I want, uh, honorable judge Lydia to ask me. <laughs> well, maybe can you give us like the back, like not read off your whole trial brief, but right. like what's the, yeah, what's it about before? Okay. We, like, so I'll, I'll give you a, a quick overview. I'm going to okay. skim my statement of facts just so that you have an idea. Oh, so, okay, cool. so I represent what, what we're going to call GHI, which is an acronym for grand home improvement stores. Um, and their manager, a woman named Belinda Moore, right? So the plaintiff is this dude named Wanda Campos and he is a, he is employed at GHI as a stalker, a merchandise stalker. So um, he has an accident at work and uh, he becomes limited in his ability to carry out the essential job functions of stalking because he well, can't... Well, he's hit... injured at work, like a worker's comp thing? Yeah, but that's not like... We're, not we were in check okay. Not to like go down <laughs> okay. that rabbit hole. Right, right, right. Cool. Yeah. So um, anyway, he hurts his left arm at work and now he is limited in his ability to lift like I think it's like upwards of 50 pounds um so he approaches Belinda Moore the manager at GHI and asks to be reassigned to a cashier position um though at the time of his request like that day there were no cashier position vacancies mm. um anyway so then Wanda Campos brings an action against GHI uh, claiming that they violated the Americans with Disabilities Act because they refused to reasonably accommodate his disability. But hold on, um, was his arm, like, was it a temporary, like, injury? So the doctor's note that was submitted to evidence shows that he is going to have permanent limitations. Okay, okay, okay. Um, but it is intentionally vague about what those limitations are because that's okay. like where a lot of the argument is right i'm ready um, so okay so you're ready oh wait there's, there's probably the, more sorry there's just a little more yeah okay so so <laughs> the things you need to know are that cashiers at ghi are expected to pass this aptitude test um which is like kind of like a math test 
They have to be able to operate a cash register and have a professional demeanor. Stalkers are expected to be able to perform all the duties of a cashier, um, including lifting up to 50 pounds. Um, And during his employment, the plaintiff Juan de Campos did fill in as a cashier occasionally um, when when an actual cashier was maybe running late to work, let's say. But did he um, take the aptitude test? He took the aptitude test. Oh. He passed the aptitude test. Um, oh, wait, but you're defending the store. Sorry, I'm getting really riled up for Juan. But... Oh, I know. Like, Juan's <laughs> argument is so much easier to make. Oh, gosh. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, that personally. Uh, so anyway, uh, so Juan has proven that he can. I'm actually, I shouldn't even say this because it's too um, persuasive towards the plaintiff. But Juan has proven that he can minimally perform the the job of cashier. Um, so now it's up to the defendant, me, um, to prove that the accommodation that he asked for, the reassignment to the cashier position, would pose an undue hardship on GHI. That's sort of That's like hard. their ultimate defense. Right. Okay. Right. Um, so I would have to talk about whether or not this accommodation is considered reasonable and whether or not it's an undue hardship. Um, okay. Yeah. So <clears throat> without further ado, do you feel like you, you have enough info? <laughs> yeah. Okay, great. So uh, let's say court is in session. Will you actually say court is in session because I'm nervous, weirdly? Yeah. Court is in session. <clears throat> May it please the court. My name is Megan R.D., And I am appearing on behalf of Grand Home Improvement Stores and Belinda Moore in support of the defendant's motion for summary judgment. I would also like to request one minute of time for a rebuttal. Granted. Excellent. Okay, so that's the (laughs) intro that I have to pretty much memorize cold. Um, And then I'm just going to jump to my conclusion and prayer for relief, if that's okay. Yeah, I mean, you just gave us like the background, so... Right, right, right. Yeah. Okay, so so in conclusion, Grand Home Improvement Stores and Belinda Moore's motion for summary judgment should be granted because plaintiff does not have a disability covered by the Americans with Disabilities Act and thus is not entitled to a reasonable accommodation. For those reasons, uh, Grand and Miss Moore respectfully request this court grant the motion for summary judgment. And... Okay, so I'll ask I'll ask like a couple questions. Right. Um, Megan, is, what is the cross training like between stalkers and cashiers? So there is no formal cross training, your honor. Um, one of the points that my client is making is that it would pose an undue hardship on GHI to train Mr. DeCampos to be a cashier because there is no set training at GHI. Additionally, GHI would like to point to the fact that they have only in the past hired candidates who have experience in both of those roles. Um, And they'd like to use that as evidence that they do that because there is no training uh, program put in place. And so, to, to implement a training program to accommodate one person is unreasonable. I see. Um, and what are GHI's hiring needs 
was were were there other positions vacant at the time of Mr. DeCampos's request? Um, Your Honor, no, there were no vacancies at the time of Mr. DeCampos's request. Uh, while the evidence does show that there was a potential for an impending vacancy in a cashier role, um, the evidence shows that uh, Mr. DeCampos's coworker, a cashier by the name of Sheila Lee, uh, had intended to quit her job at GHI, but had not submitted a firm date of departure. Um, in fact, she had submitted a date and then taken it back. So uh, we argue that this would be unreasonable for GHI and Miss Moore to rely on Sheila Lee's word. So no, at the time of Mr. DeCampos's request, there, there were no vacancies and there was no way of knowing that a vacancy was sure to come. Were there other ways of accommodating Mr. DeCampos apart from his idea of reassigning him? Or is that outside of the scope of... That is a touch outside of the scope, Your Honor. (laughs) I just made that up. (laughs) That's not on the the list. Megan sent me. How does your client respond to the fact that there have been documented departures from their hiring policy in the past? Right. So... um, so while it is true that twice in the past, Miss Moore had deviated from GHI's hiring policies and hired somebody with less experience than the other candidates in the pool, those were not actions that GHI sanctioned. And they have done everything in their power since to ensure that all the hiring complies with the uh, equal employment opportunities commission uh yeah shit <laughs> i'm going to do better You're on that one You're doing great. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. So like that felt oh, that felt good. You I sounded think. good. You sounded good, man. I think I have to double check whether and I I I did oh. at one point say we and I, it's not a we situation, right? It's mm, a my client. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I can speak in the first person. That's I not see. a thing. <laughs> Okay. This is not my my jam. This is their jam. I am just representing. Yeah, I'm not sure about that because it doesn't sound that wrong. But maybe it's just because we watch like court like dramas, you know? Right, right, right. Probably. Um, okay. Yeah. Right. Well, I don't know what else to ask you. I feel like that everything I could think to ask you that you haven't like told me I should ask you is definitely outside of the scope. <laughs> you also asked me some stuff that I didn't write down, so I actually had to think on my feet a little bit. <laughs> like more so than I had to <laughs> otherwise. Oh, good, good, good. Very good. So you're going to be talking for 10 minutes, five uh, minutes yeah. as the first counsel and then five minutes as your own co-counsel? Yeah. So if I had nice. co-counsel, I would be doing either reasonable accommodation or undue hardship. But since it's just me, I'm doing both. Oh, that seems like part of the same thing. They but... do flow. So um, yeah. So it's it's the plaintiff's burden of proof to show that the that the accommodation is reasonable, and okay. if the plaintiff can do that, then the defendants have the defense of saying it's an undue hardship. Okay. The burden shifts. Um. So. So it's kind of a contingency plan. Like try to knock down their first argument. Yes. And then if that doesn't work, try to knock down the second one. Okay. Yes. 
Interesting. And will yeah. the judges tell you who wins in the end? I don't think so. No, <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah, not for us either. It would be nice to be like, and they have the winning argument. <laughs> oh, well. It's, yeah. One of my one of my judges was a, a 3L who's in FedSoc, the conservative society on campus. And honestly, it was kind of um, comforting because I felt like I was defending a corporation to a degree or was I defending a corporation? I don't know. I had, yeah, I was defending a university and I just was like, I can't really make this argument and feel good about it. Like, right. Kind of like yours. But I was like, I think the type of arguments I'm making, like, I think this dude who I'm talking to could be on board with it. You know, I didn't feel like it was just totally bullshitting. I mean, okay, it was. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was like, yes. huh, interesting. My audience maybe can jive with me on this it was weird <laughs> anyways know your audience man that's yeah, it i guess yeah yeah man all right well any other topics of conversation i can't think of anything cool. <laughs> this has not been law school brief this has been law school <laughs> yeah this has been law school you know, thank you if you're still here thank you God, damn, if you're still listening to this mm. you're the best you're the bomb yeah. thank you <laughs> Um, and you know, give us a follow on Twitter. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Law school N brief. Alrighty. Oh, go bye. enjoy your beautiful spring break. Uh, I'm going to go on a bike ride. Okay. Go do that. Yeah. All right. Bye. Friend. Bye. Bye.